0: okay, if if it's working, that is, amen, and hopefully it is. So I want to ask you a few questions, and we're going to look at some things in the Bible tonight before we go, and we're going to pray together. I'll give you some things to pray about with me tonight before we dismiss. When you think about the subject of prayer, or when you are about to go into the prayer closet, and you're going to talk to God, is there a verse of Scripture that you lean on, a verse of Scripture. You don't have to give me the chapter and verse unless you know it. But maybe you know the thought in that verse, the truth in that verse. Is there a favorite verse or a verse that you lean on, on the subject of prayer? And if so, what is that verse? Anybody? Who wants to start? Brother Mark? All right. The Bible says that all men everywhere ought to pray. You understand that's that that principle? Again, you don't have to quote the verse perfectly. We worry about that sometimes, don't we? But you get the truth down. We ought to pray without ceasing, and all men ought to pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without wrath and without doubting. Okay? Anybody else? Yes, sir. Pray the Lord's prayer. You do. You you lean on the Lord's prayer when you when you talk to the Lord in the prayer closet. That's good, brother. Oh, that that Lord's prayer is is rich on how to talk to God about things. I don't 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 be afraid, Miss Emma. I'm sorry. Okay, you think about that when you go in the prayer closet. That when the Lord says, "Come unto me, and I will give you rest." Okay. Anyone else? Cindy. Okay. Do y'all remember that passage of scripture that we can cast all of our care upon him because he careth for us. Okay? Okay, that's a good one when you go into the prayer closet. Now the reason why I say this is because the Bible says that when we approach the Lord, it says that without faith it is impossible to please God. And he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and must believe that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And so when you go to the Lord in prayer you need to have somewhat some confidence that he is going to to hear you. Okay? And usually that confidence is leaning not upon your feelings at that time because your feelings come and go. You need something that's a little bit more solid than feelings. And that's why I'm asking you do you have a Bible truth, a Bible principle, or a Bible verse that you go to? Anybody else? Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry? Acknowledge Him at all times and in all your ways, and He will direct your path. That's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir? I don't necessarily have a specific verses to mind, but I can pray for. <coughs> Okay. So depending on the burden, depending on the circumstances, depending on the situation, the kind of prayer that you're offering up, it would depend on the verses that you would use in that situation, and that's good. That's very good. Yes, ma'am. Let your request be made known unto God. Philippians four six. That is very important. Six through eight. Let your request be made known unto God. Okay, sister. First John five fourteen. That is an important verse that you need to learn to open up your Bible sometimes when you're going into your prayer closet. You open up your Bible, take it with you, read it to God. And said, Lord, you said right here that if I would ask anything according to your will, that you would hear me. And I know that if you hear me, then you will respond to me and answer me if I ask it according to your will. That's a very important verse of Scripture to, to, to say to the Lord and to know in your heart uh, uh that that principle, okay, anybody else got anything get count on? yes sir brother amen now I like the verses right before that too, where he says, cleanse thou me of secret faults, and uh, Lord keep me back from that presumptuous sin, and he mentioned again there in that verse there, you know that may the may the words of my mouth or may the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth be found Acceptable. What do you think? Anybody else got anything that help us tonight? Yes, ma'am. Uh, two, one is the of a man much. Amen. And the other one is lack of wisdom, let him ask of God. All right, both of those are in the book of James. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Yes, ma'am. John 14. John 14. That's right. That's one of my favorite because Jesus said, hitherto you have not ask anything in my name. But he said, from this point forward, he said, when you talk to the Father, you go in my name. That's what he said. Becky, is that your arm or one of your kids' arms? <laughs> okay. All right. Amen. Does anybody else have a thought on your heart when you're going to talk to God in prayer, is there a verse of scripture that motivates you or gives you confidence when you go to talk to Him in the prayer closet? Would you share it with us? Yes, man. Um, call unto me, and I will answer thee. I will mind that. Amen. And I will show thee, and I will show thee great and mighty things. That's right. Amen. Anybody else? You'll notice a lot of times in some of the people in your in your Bible when they are talking to God, they remind God of his, some of His promises some things that He has said. And the Lord likes you to remind Him not that He's forgetful, but He wants to know that you know who He is and what He has promised. He wants you to know that. And it's very important. You'll notice that many times these people that get their prayers answered, they are scriptural prayers. And so, anybody else have a thought on your heart about that, about about it, Brother Mark? Amen. Well, I do, I do think that that's a principle in that the Bible says if any man is sick, that he needs to let the church know and the church to pray for him. And the more you got praying for you, then the better chance you're going to have of God responding to somebody's prayer. Amen. That's for sure. Okay. I'll mention a few of them here that, that come to my mind when I go to the Lord in prayer. Anybody else have a thought? Well, amen, brother. When I go to pray, I always thank well, I appreciate you mentioning that. I'm going I'm going to bring that up probably tonight about that, about how that we know we're praying according to the will of God. And one of those is what you just said that you can ask God about saving somebody with confidence. And that it's not about who's got an appointment and who doesn't, you know, with salvation and those kind of things. And I agree with you, brother. I totally agree with that. Now, Sister Mary, I think, mentioned this verse of Scripture. I want to encourage you to, um, to use this verse of Scripture when you go into the Lord because He said to be careful. Now, I know you're going to think of some of these other verses when I tell you. and You can help me with these. What does it say in Philippians 4? Be careful for what? For nothing. See there? I knew that you knew it. Be careful for nothing. Isn't that a whole lot easier to quote than it is to obey and to practice? To be careful for nothing. So that means that when I'm anxious and stressed out and burdened, he says, be careful for nothing but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let my request be made known unto who? Do you think he already knows what they are? Doesn't, didn't Jesus tell us the Father already knows what you're going to ask Him before you eat, what you need before you say it? But you know, why does He do that? Well, it's because it's a, prayer is an act of humility, number one. And number two, it's an act of confidence. Not in you, but in Him. That, in other words, the humility part is you can't fix it or you would be doing it without talking to Him about it. But you're confident that he can, or you wouldn't be talking to him about it. So it's an expression of that. Those, both of those, and uh, and then what about uh, somebody mentioned this? Luke eighteen one. This encourages me to go to the Lord in prayer when I don't feel like praying. If you only pray when you feel like praying, you're going to have a bad prayer life. You know why? Because your feelings are going to come and go, but God never changes he doesn't, his ears are not closed because you're in a bad mood or because your flesh is getting the best of you. He says, and Brother Mark made reference to this, but the Bible says men ought always to pray and not to faint. Now, Brother Tucker, if I'm always to be a praying man, that means that when I get up in the morning, that God wants me to talk to him regardless of what's going on in my life. He wants me to pray to him regardless of my circumstances. Always to pray. Always to pray. The third one I had was first John 5.14, which Sister read back there and for us out of her, her Bible, Sister Robin did. I appreciate that verse of scripture. This is the confidence that we have in who? In him. Not in my prayer life. In Him and His ability to hear, His willingness to hear. I just need to be a good asker. I don't have to be a good prayer prayerer. I just need to be a good asker. Okay? What about Matthew 7? There's an acronym in this thing that Jesus gave us. And it's the acronym A-S-K. What is it? Hmm? What's the first one? Yeah. Ask and you shall receive. Seek, knock, and it shall be opened. And Jesus said that, that you and I are to come to Him and remember this. He's teaching His men this. He says, ask and it shall be given. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened. And... um He's reminding us of how much He loves us and cares for us. Now, in that passage of Scripture, that's one of the things that always come to my mind when I'm talking to the Father. Because you'll listen to yourself in the way you talk sometimes. It sounds to me like you're trying to talk God into being good. And like you're trying to talk God into caring. Now, listen to the way you talk to Him. But the Bible says, if I... Being evil, know how to give good gifts unto my children. How much more does our Heavenly Father give good things unto them who ask Him? And I know that you love your children. Now, your son's got a birthday this week, right? And he's probably expecting something, right? I don't expect when he opens up his gift that it'll be a rock or a stone or a serpent will it? No. It'll probably be something good because you love Him. Is that right? So how much more does your Heavenly Father love you? And that's what the point He's trying to get across. And, and, and listen, your son's not even asking for those gifts, but he's expecting them, probably. But I'm saying that God the Father cares about your needs and your burdens. How about James chapter number 4? I have not because I ask not. That's right. And I ask and receive not because I ask. What does it mean to ask amiss? Sir? Outside the will of God, something... I'll tell you what the real principle there is, is you're asking amiss, because he mentions in there, you're asking so that you can consume it upon your own lust. That it's not about others, it's about you. And it's about you being satisfied more than God being satisfied or glorified. It's all about you. And I've taught you and I'll tell you again. If you ask God to give you some things so you can be a blessing to others, you'll get more than you ask for. You'll get more than you ask for. Ask Hannah, she'll tell you she got more than she asked for, and uh, the Lord will bless you, and he will help you. You ask Solomon, he got more than he asked for because he wanted to be a blessing to other people. but when you go to God and you say, gimme, gimme, gimme. "Give me, give 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 me, because I want, I want, I want. Then he said, son, listen that's that's not going to work. So you have to think about these verses, and then there's a couple of other verses I want you to remember. The Bible says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and His ears are open unto their prayers. You need to believe that. The Bible says that the prayer of the upright, I quote these to him quite often when I'm talking to him. Lord, you said the prayer of the upright is your delight. You say, Brother Roger, don't think that's a little arrogant for you to think that you're upright? I'm not arrogant about it I'm confident about it because of what the Lord's done for me. And when he says the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, I'm only righteous because he's imputed that righteousness to me. And so he's got to be talking about somebody. Somebody's upright. Somebody's righteous that's talking to him. And so why not me? If I'm in the Lord and I'm saved, why can't it be me? I think it can be. I think it is. I want to do what's right. I want to do the will of God. All right? Now, let me ask you another question. What are some things that I can ask God for with assurance and confidence that it is according to His will? Hmm? That's not a trick question. That you know that you can ask Him. Now, the first one on the list is what Brother Oakley said. Do you remember when Paul said that... uh, My, I read it, I read it uh, just a few weeks ago. Romans 10, verse 1. He said he had continual sorrow in his heart. Remember that? And heaviness. And he prayed for them that they might be what? That they might be saved. That he might be saved. Do you believe that it's okay to pray for someone by name with confidence for them to be saved. Hmm? Now, that's where I wouldn't want to be a Calvinist because I would say, well, I don't know if it's God's will for him to be saved or not. Man, I wouldn't want to have to pray like that. I would, and by the way, those people who pray like that, they don't feel that way about their own kids. They feel like that about your kids. You see what I'm saying? (coughs) <coughs> what does the Bible say about God's willingness in Peter? Anybody remember what he said? God is willing that none that none should perish, but that how many should come to repentance? All. And that would include my own children, your children, my kinfolk and your kinfolk. So I can talk to the Lord about somebody's salvation. That they would submit themselves to the Word of God and come to Christ by faith. What a blessing that is. And by the way, 1 Timothy 2 4 says also that it says, talking about God, it says, who will have all men to be saved. Who will have all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay? Now, when you're, and when you are thinking about uh, praying for someone according to his will, Can you think of anything else? Now, you may not know how God's going to answer that prayer, but you can with confidence know that it's okay for you to pray for them. You may not know what God's will is in the matter, but it's okay for you to pray for them about a certain thing. Can you think of anything? Well, we mentioned it earlier. What about in James chapter 5? If someone comes to you in the church and the Bible says that they are sick or suffering, and they ask you to pray for them, is it all right for us to do that? Would it be okay with the Lord if we were to go come together? And we're going to do that tonight, by the way. Did you know the Bible says that you should remember them which suffer adversity as being yourself also in the body? And so if you're sick, it's okay to ask the church to pray for you. What about anything else? Salvation in sickness, anything else that you can think of? If you're praying for someone, how can you, in your mind, say, Lord, I know that this, with confidence, I'm asking you to do this for this individual? Peace, somebody say peace, okay. Okay, peace and comfort, okay. Okay. Amen, because He is the God of all comfort. And when they're hurting, you should be hurting and you should be praying for them. What if you see a brother or sister that is backslidden or struggling in sin and they've been overtaken in fault or taken captive by the devil and they are doing things that actually oppose themselves? How would you pray for that individual according to the Word of God? How would you pray for them? How would you pray for your son or your daughter or brother or sister who is out of the will of God, how would you pray for them and believe that it would be pleasing to the Lord? What would you ask God to do? Sir? Deliver them? them. Okay, that's good. Yes? I'm sorry. Chastise them? them. Yes, I know what you mean. (laughs) It just scares me to say that to the Lord. (laughs) You know, because I'm not sure what he's going to do if I ask him to do that. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, but I I do believe that God will do that whether I ask him to or not when it comes to chastisement. I think that's just the nature of God the Father. I think he'll do that to his children. But I know what you mean, and and I think I'm going to help you articulate that in just a moment. Yes, ma'am? So you're going to pray for their restoration. Okay. And there's another verse in 2 Timothy 2, the word recovery is used. You want them to recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. And you want them to be restored. Is that right? That's what you want. Now, in order for that to happen, you're going to have to ask the Lord, though, God, would you grant them repentance that they would acknowledge the truth? Because if they would start acknowledging the truth... Because when you get out of sorts with God, your mind gets messed up. You get some real serious strongholds in there. And you've got ideas that people are talking about you. have got ideas that people are thinking about certain things about you. And it puts roadblocks up. And even what they feel about God. And, and you really want the Lord to be merciful to them. And to grant them repentance so uh, to the, to they would begin to acknowledge the truth. That they might recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. I think that's a good... It, it, she mentioned meekness, and she mentioned Second Timothy 2 says gentleness. Did you know when somebody's out of sorts with God, you better be very, very careful about rebuking that person because when you rebuke somebody that's already out of sorts with God, they've probably got a little bit of a scorner's attitude. And when you rebuke a scorner, it only increases his hatred for you. And the Bible says that you need to have some gentleness... That's opposed. That, that, that's something that the flesh is opposed to, but it's a fruit of the spirit. Gentleness and meekness will help somebody. You know, that is not right with God. Faster than now, listen, I'm not saying they should never be rebuked, but make sure that uh, you're in the will of God when you do that. Make sure you're in the will of God when you do that. Because it could be that you're not the person to be doing it. Be careful. About that. Okay? So when, But we're talking about praying. We're talking about talking and to God about somebody who's out of the will of God. Do you know how I pray for you each day? Biblically? As a pastor? I follow the, the pattern of Epiphras when he said this. He said he prayed for his church family that they might stand perfect and complete in all of the will of God. I quote that verse to the Lord before I mention your name. To God. And I do mention your name individually before God each morning. I ask God, and some of you at night. But each morning I mention God, mention you by name to God that you would stand perfect and complete in all of the will of God. In all of the will of God. I believe that's a biblical prayer. And that your eyes would be enlightened when you come to church. That the Lord would speak to your heart when you come and open up your understanding. I know how easy it is to sit in church and get bored. I know how easy it is, especially when your little minds have been looking at stuff that changes every 20 seconds. And then you come to church and you're listening to somebody's voice. I can remember one few times I did go to church. You know, with my parents at a little Methodist church. It was a little old block building concrete blocks you know block building I'd be so bored man I'd be counting them blocks going this direction and that direction I'd be so bored. and I'm not saying it don't happen to some of you I hope and pray that it don't but what I do pray for is that you would be enlightened because if the light ever comes on and you ever taste and see that the Lord is good life changes isn't that right brother life changes after that and it's not just, oh man, we got to go to church, but it's, oh boy, I'm getting to go to church. What a difference that is, amen. What a difference that is, and I pray for you about that. So, what about, uh, what about Third John, verse two? Hmm? Would y'all pray for one another using that verse of scripture? Does anybody know what that verse says? What words in that that a lot of people abuse, but it's still in there? Third John verse two. Any chapter you want to, but find verse two. Third John verse two. Somebody read it for me. A gentleman, we got a gentleman here that knows how to read English. I think we do. One or two or three. You found it, John? Stand up and read it to the congregation, would you please? Real clear, real loud. Third John verse two. John was praying and asking the Lord, letting them know he was praying for them. For their health and for their prosperity. We're not going to let the the worldly crowd that abuses that term steal it from us. Okay? Let's don't do that. That's a Bible word, isn't it? But Doug, when you get up in the morning and go to work, do you want God to prosper the work of your hands? Or do you get up and say, Lord, I sure would like to lose money today. I sure would like to go backwards today. I don't think that you pray that way. I don't think that, in your, I don't think that you pray that way. But here's what John is saying. He says, listen. He says, I know that your health, and I know that your, your goals and your purposes matter, and I'm hoping that God will give you wisdom to be an overcomer today. And, and bless the work of your hands so that you can... Listen, and John was talking about them developing into being fellow helpers. He wasn't talking about so that they would be able to hoard everything for themselves. He wanted them to be a blessing to others. And so he said, I'm going to pray for you. That word prosper means to advance. I pray for Brother David in his work situation that he would advance. I pray for a Brother Brent's business that God would advance him in his business. I pray for Brother Tucker, that the Lord would bless him and help him and give him wisdom in dealing with all them customers. And Some of them got good attitudes and some of them don't. But that the Lord would let you find favor with them. I pray for Brother Clark's business, that God would bless him and help him. Brother Jared, uh, my my grandson works for him, and I pray that God would... uh, Watch over them. Keep them. Because it doesn't take but one mistake. One little thing to slip, break, or tear. And y'all are facing a lawsuit somewhere. And I know that you try to insure everything that breathes. But insurance can't cover everything. Amen? And for mothers, how much labor and work they have to put into things, and how they have to be nurses, they have to be doctors at home, they have to be psychiatrists at home. They have to do all kind of stuff. And and I'm just saying you want God to advance you and prosper what you're doing. He didn't say be filthy rich in that verse. He says, I want you to make some progress and get ahead of the game, get ahead of what you're facing and, and be able to. And what about your health? It's hard to enjoy wealth without health. Isn't it? It really is. It's hard to enjoy anything you own without some health to be able to do it. And so he's asking that God would bless you. And I'm praying for you to advance you, to make you successful, help you to grow and to increase. God would bless the work of your hands, strengthen your body, Give you the wisdom to make good decisions. That's what I pray for. Because every day's a battle, and somebody's always after what you got out there in the world, whether it be your job, your position. Somebody's always after it, and to get ahead of you. All right. Let me ask you: the th- Can you think of anything else that how that you pray for me or others um, what, that you know to be the will of God? Okay. Please forgive me. our Our leaders. Amen. Our leaders in all levels. And that's biblical. That's scriptural. That we are to pray for those who are in authority. That is biblical. And the reason is, is because they're dealing with the fruit of sin. We're dealing with the root of sin at church. We're trying to reach the heart. They're having to deal with the fruit of it. And so leaders need wisdom. We need good leaders. And we need leaders with good wisdom. Amen? We do. Thank you, sister. That's, I left that out and I forgot about it. You know, because, and I shouldn't. And we need to pray for our, those in high places and our police officers and those in, who are in our government over us. All right. Third question. What hinders my prayer? What hindrances to prayer should I always personally consider if I feel like God has not responded or hearing me? Now, I'm expecting God to hear me. That's what faith is. Faith has an expectation. I'm expecting the Lord to keep His Word. Okay? Now, I don't get instant answers all the time. But it doesn't mean I don't keep asking. And that word seek means you hadn't found it yet. That word knock means he hadn't opened the door yet. Right? Okay, so if I'm not getting any responses anywhere on anything that I'm asking God about, I need to have a checklist. I need to have a checklist. Okay? If the car doesn't crank in the morning, I need to have a checklist of why it's not cranking, right? If I get up in the morning and there's no electricity in the house, I need to have a checklist. I need to start working and saying, okay, now we've got a certain breaker in our house. Okay, ever since we have owned the house, that we know that if certain items are owned in a certain room, that that is going to flip. We know what the issue is. We know what it is. We we, we ain't been able to fix it, but we know know what happened. Usually somebody plugged up a... Well, you know I wasn't using a blow dryer. (laughs) Or a heater. You know what? If it's on a certain circuit, that thing is going to flip. We know it. We know what the issue is. So we know how to chase it down, get the lights back on. We don't call the power company. We don't go climb the pole and look out there. We know where we know what it is. And and listen, God's God is a prayer. He desires our prayers. He doesn't play games with our minds and our hearts. He wants to answer them. He delights in it. Okay, so if I'm not getting a response, what's my checklist? What are some things in your mind that, I, that might be, I might be overlooking or neglecting that maybe it's keeping me from God responding to me? Anybody got an idea why the Lord might not be responding to you? Sister? What would she say? Unconfessed sin. Unconfessed sin unconfessed sin and i'm thinking that you're talking about sin that i know that i've committed right okay not not something that i'm i'm not aware of but something that i am aware of is there a verse of scripture that says something like this if i regard iniquity in my heart the lord will not hear me and that word regard means that I, have, that I am not struggling with it. I'm desiring it. I'm not trying to overcome it. I'm inviting it. I'm, I'm kind of having it, you know, delight in it. I'm not trying to depart from it. Okay, so if there's something in your life that you know is not right with God and you are pursuing it, then your chances of getting your prayers answered are very slim. Okay? God doesn't expect you to be perfect, but it is your honesty and your direction and your desires that He's looking at. Does that make sense to you? So I don't want these young people to think they have to be perfect in order for God to to hear them and answer their prayers. Have you noticed some of them characters in the Old Testament that God responded to? They had some issues. They had some issues, but God responded to their faith when they confessed their sins, okay can you that's a good one thank you anything else why would God why would my prayer life and answer to prayer be hindered? I'm sorry, raise your hand unbelief unbelief do y'all agree with that unbelief I don't even know why you're praying if you not ta- if you don't have any confidence in the Lord. About it. Yes, but unbelief. Okay? And usually if unbelief has crept into your life, you vote, you're just going through the rituals. Usually. You're just going through the rituals and saying things to make your conscience feel better. Did you raise your hand? What was it? Problem in, your, in a relationship with your wife, husband? Spouse, trouble at home, can that impact your prayer life? Is that true? you have a Bible verse for that? Is that just your opinion? <laughs> I know those verses, <laughs> <laughs> you better learn that verse, Bertie. <laughs> uh, it's in First Peter 3. Again, husbands and wives are going to have trouble with one another. But it's, but it's about, are you trying? Are you trying? And that's what God's looking for, is are you trying? Are you trying with each other? And so, First Peter 3, it talks about how that um, a husband and wife can, can have conflict and issues so that it actually hinders their prayers. Hinders their prayers. If you want to have, a, if you want to have a, a really serious, impactful prayer life, it's got to start at home. Your relationship with those people around you. You got to try. You got to try. You got to seek peace and pursue it. Because sometimes, the, what if your partner is not interested in peace? Does that mean I can't talk to God? No, it doesn't mean that. Because I can talk to God. If I'm sideways with Cindy and she's apologized, but I'm still I'm still being a, a gourdhead, head, it doesn't mean that she can't talk to God and God answer her prayer just because I'm being carnal. And, and, and if she's being carnal and she's mad at me, but I've apologized and I've, I've offered up sacrifices to her, you know, and said I'm sorry. And I'm saying that in jest if I have done everything I can to reconcile with her, but she's still mad, God knows my heart, doesn't He? Okay? And so He'll hear me. But not if I'm going to be mean and cruel and brutal to her, and not if she's going to be mean and cruel and brutal to me. It's going to hinder my prayer life. You say, well, I don't know why God cares about that, because... Man, listen, if things ain't right at home, it's hard to have a good church. And if you don't have things right at home and at church, it's hard to have a good country. Everything starts at the house. It always does. It does. So, I'm not saying that y'all have to pray together to get your prayers answered. But I'm saying you need to get along with each other to get your prayers answered. Is Is that what you meant, right? Okay. All right. Anybody else got anything else on that one? What did James say? We mentioned it earlier. I ask and receive not. Why? What did you say, Brother Dwayne? Ask amiss. You're going to have to speak up now. Not everybody knows that. You do, because you study your Bible. You get up in the morning, you read and pray, and you know that in your heart. Not everybody understands that. You ask amiss, it means that you're asking, you're you're interested in your will more than you are God's will. That's what you're doing. You're interested more in your will than God's will. So when you get through praying, have you been taught over the years and maybe over the last few months that when you talk and you you learn to talk to God, when you get through praying, what what did Jesus say when He was in the garden? He said, Father, Not my will, but thine be done. And so after you've talked and poured your heart out to God, the bottom line is, let all your requests be made known unto God. Lord, you know what's best. God, here's what my requests are, but I trust you and I want your will to be done in these matters. But here's what what I see and what I'd like to happen. Amen? So, if I have aught in my heart against another, care of grudge in my heart, that's offensive to the Holy Ghost. Am I unforgiving? Somebody's trying to get right with me. Am I implacable? Do I refuse to seek peace? What about this verse? The Bible says the wicked borrow and do not repay. What if I owe a man some money and I won't pay him? You think the Lord's going to hear my prayers about something? I don't think so. It's going to hinder your prayer life. It's not, it's not that maybe you don't have the money to pay. It's the fact that you refuse to say, talk to him about it and say, Brother, I owe you $1,000. I don't have $1,000, and I'm sorry, but I'll, I'll do the best I can when I can. Will you forgive me? Would you accept that, Brother Brad, if I came to you like that? Amen. And a matter of fact, if you handle it just right, it could be that a brother might look at you and say, Hey, it's okay. Don't worry about it. Because the Lord may touch His heart just with your attitude and spirit. You just never know. Never know. Alright, we, we need to talk to God here before we leave. Okay? What are some things that I need to pray about concerning my church? Specifically tonight, revival. I promise you, I promise you that Brother Travis Alltop is praying and asking God to give Him the exact messages that we need. Let's pray for Him about that matter. That all of us might be renewed and strengthened in our inner man. And that God would renew our vision and our purpose for even existing as a church. Number two, let's pray for resources. We're facing a situation coming in 2024 that we've not faced before when it comes to the changes that are coming our way. And we need more resources to be able to finish the job. We're asking God to prosper our efforts and provide for us beyond what we can do. And we're asking God to protect us in the process. And number three, I'm praying for our church to have resolve this year to overcome the obstacles that we're going to be facing, the discouragements and the low spots uh, that will be coming, and for us to remain in unity and harmony and charity with each other. Those are the things that I'm praying for in that matter.